morning, everybody. I'm Olga Negron, and this is Charla Comunitaria. A welcome. And tonight, my guest is Raymond Lahoud, an immigration attorney. Bienvenido, Raymond. Bienvenido, Olga. Thank you for having me. It's really good to be here. Really good to be here. Thank you for having me and inviting me. Awesome. I'm so glad you're here. So some of our audience might remember you from the interview back in December at uh, Inside 610 uh, by Mike Frasetto. On that interview, you were talking about growing up in the Lehigh Valley as a first-generation Lebanese. And for those of you that missed it, please go to WDIY website and you can find the interview. You will love it. I will say, in a very personal note, uh, Ray, I know you for quite some time now, and I didn't really realize that your family stories is so similar to so many immigrant, other, you know, yes. other immigrant uh, yes. stories. And, you know, no wonder I always saw you doing your job with immigration with such a passion. I love it. It, 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 I I was like, well, no, like every time you said something that I was listening to that interview, I'm like, well, of course, no wonder. But you, you are incredible. I mean, what you've done here in Bethlehem in the Lehigh Valley, I mean, even the show and just... The, the outreach that you do for, for, for people here and the people that you've helped yeah, thank over you. the years. And, and you've always been a good friend. You've thank always you, been a good friend, somebody I looked up to and still do. So. Thank you. Thank you, Raymond. Yeah. Well, you know, thank you for saying that. I, I actually love, that's one of the reasons I love having Charla Comunitaria. It's an opportunity for me to kind of like expand that voice Absolutely. and uh, make sure that I can bring on my show individuals that I know, colleagues that are, are doing wonderful work in the community. A- absolutely. So yeah. I get to bring them here and, and share that knowledge with the rest of the community. You're expanding your your reach to people exactly. to make sure that people know that they have resources, exactly, that exactly. the Lehigh Valley is a good place. And that is why back in December, I had my dear husband, Nick Engelson, and we were talking about you know, what can happen when you go to court and so people be better prepared, be good allies to each other and neighbors. And last month in January, I had Miriam Rivera from Turning Point. And of course, that's another thing that uh, unfortunately Nick has to deal with at the magister level. Uh, But I, so I wanted to make sure that our community knew about the resources that Turning Point has to offer. Two great people there, both Nick and Miriam. Yeah, both very, very good people. They do a lot for our community. But then when we were talking about domestic abuse, Then we talk about, oh, and what if someone is undocumented? You know, what, what can, you know, you know better than I, what a big role that play in the process of speaking up or not, right? Absolutely. So, and, you know, I have heard, I don't know much about immigration. I know some, well, some. Well, you know, you know, you know a good amount. I you're, know a you're, little you're bit. You're pretty good about it. But, but I need to have good. you here because <laughs> you can help me figure this out. I know I hear about the different visas, you know, BAWA, U visas, T visas. I don't know yeah. the difference between There's one and the other. So I, because I know they are all connected to some sort of violence of, of abuse of some sort. I wanted to have you here so you can help us explain everybody that is listening, whether they have that issue or they could be good allies for friends or family members. And it's, you know, it's really good to be here to talk about such an important issue because there are so many people here locally that are going through all over the country, but in the Lehigh Valley that are going through 
you know, domestic violence, inter- intimate partner violence, mm-hmm. or just general abuse and violence from others in the community. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to educate people about options that are di- there, you know, Absolutely. American citizens, non-citizens, Absolutely. undocumented, We can be better residents. allies if we have the right information. And, and that's why yeah. we need it. You and no one it. should go through that. No one should be, no one should suffer domestic violence or, you know, intimate partner violence. It, mm-hmm. it just, mm-hmm. it shouldn't, it shouldn't happen. It's, it's something that really right. is, is near and dear to my heart. Um, so, so let, let's talk about, for those listeners that, you know, they're more likely, more than half of them are USS citizens, right? Yeah. But they have friends that could be in need and that could Absolutely. be. So let, let's educate our community. What can an individual living on domestic abuse relationship but are undocumented can do if they fear their abuse spouse can hurt them even more? Call it their authorities. Yeah. Many times, that's one of the threats the victims Absolutely, get yeah. from those that are uh, abusing, and especially for immigrants. Yeah. There's, so a, what, a, there's a lot of domestic violence is just kind of stepping on there is very is very broad from the 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 physical abuse to the verbal mm-hmm. abuse to it's, a, it's a spectrum to the the mental abuse to mm-hmm. the the threats that a spouse or a significant other may call immigration on somebody so it's a very broad spectrum uh, that encompasses domestic violence intimate right. partner violence uh, right there. absolutely so, so so can an undocumented uh, victim can they call the police? What is wh- why is there fear to call in the police? And does the victim have rights in the criminal justice system, even Absolutely. if they're not documented? Yeah. You know, I, one of one thing that I tell every person that I've ever met with who's suffered violence at the hands of another, whether it's domestic or, or other, is that everyone in the United States has rights, regardless of what your status is or what country you came from, or if you have no status here, you have rights and victims have rights here in the United States. One of the biggest concerns that people raise to me is that they have a fear of calling the police when they've been hit or they've been hurt. They were, they've been attacked because they fear that immigration is going to get involved. Mm-hmm. And it, my answer is, is, is a no. If you are the victim of domestic violence or violence generally, you have rights. You have rights to access the criminal justice system. Call the police document what's happening to you. Don't be worried about immigration ramifications or repercussions that could come later on. You have access to the criminal justice system and you shouldn't suffer at the hands of somebody who's who's attacking you, who's who's being violent towards you in, in, in any way because there are options at the criminal justice system to bring charges against people, to get PFAs, protections from abuse, and there are options when it comes to, to immigration um, if somebody is the victim of domestic violence or domestic abuse or violence generally. So regardless of what somebody's status, quote unquote, is in the United States, in the Lehigh Valley, or what country they came from, or if they have no documents, or if they've cross the border, they have access to our criminal justice system just like everybody else does, and they should not be afraid to use that in any way. If, mm-hmm. if somebody's being victimized, call the police, regardless of what threat that the person who's victimizing the other is saying. Somebody could say, oh, if you call the police, Immigration is going to get involved, or you know, I'm going to call immigration on you. Well, that's, that's nonsense because, one, 
immigration gets millions of calls a day, mm-hmm. and it's not like they follow up on every on everyone too. You know, if, if you have no issues, no criminal record, you I mean you just cross the border over a state of visa, it's very likely that immigration has no interest in you whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Three, it goes to hurt the person who's calling on you to show that this person is victimizing you based on your immigration status or lack thereof in the United States. You have rights here. And Mm -hmm. just because the police are showing up at your house doesn't mean that immigration is going to be Mm -hmm. with them Mm -hmm. at all. I mean, the person is coming, the cops are coming to your house to protect you. And they're not going to just show up and call, you know, immigration because you're necessarily undocumented, particularly if you've been victimized. So, you know, my answer to those who who are being victimized is don't be afraid to reach out to law enforcement Mm -hmm. and seek their help, to go to the courts and get PFAs, Mm -hmm. to hire you know, uh, an attorney to get a, a nonprofit attorney. There's a lot of agencies that are out there to help you. And don't be afraid to utilize those agencies, those individuals, and the criminal justice system as, as a whole in the first instance. So, I mean, I think the critical thing is is getting past that, the fear of calling the police because mm-hmm. you've, as because of your, your victimization, because of your immigration status, you have a, a fear of, of calling the, the police. You have to get over that because you are protected mm-hmm. in the United States and the police are here to protect you and no person who's being victimized should be afraid to call the mm-hmm. police to report mm-hmm. it. Nobody should suffer like that, particularly, you know, at the hands of a U.S. citizen or a permanent resident person. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I find a lot of times that a spouse is married to a U.S. citizen or a green card holder who may have even been through the immigration process. And that U.S. citizen spouse or green card holder is is threatening the undocumented Mm -hmm. spouse. Mm -hmm. There are options for you in immigration later on in the process. Mm -hmm. And threats from that person about them calling immigration or immigration showing up at the house with the police department, that's nonsense. It's nonsense because in the United States, the most important person, I mean, protection is the most important thing and safety is Mm -hmm. is important. Um, So there are are options there, but it starts really with overcoming the fear that's been instilled in somebody by either the victim, the abuser, or Mm -hmm. just the generally the system as a whole because somebody's undocumented. Right. Now, so they can get involved in the criminal justice process if the case uh, that brought this brought against the the person who assaulted them, does it stop there if they cooperate or there's more that she can do to protect her, uh, him or herself uh, in terms of immigration? There's, there, there are options out there for immigration. So, for, for example, um, the U.S. has an incredible law called the Violence Against Women or Men Act, VAWA Act. And what that law was put into place to, um, to do was to protect victims of domestic violence or intimate partner violence. You know, if if you are married to a U.S. citizen or a permanent resident and you've been victimized by them, you know, you're lawfully married, your relationship is real, it was for love, and that person is, is abusing you, the Violence Against Women's or Men Act is, is there to provide you a pathway to permanent residence okay. if you could show that you were actually abused by that that person. And how do you show that? Calling the police, mm-hmm. getting the protection from abuse orders, documenting what's happening to you. There's protection for you on the criminal justice system, which is where it starts, and there's protection for you in, in the immigration system. And this applies for people who are undocumented in the United States, people who've overstayed their visas, people who've crossed the border, 
anybody who's been the victim of intimate partner, you know, domestic violence can qualify for VAWA as long as the violence was perpetrated by an American citizen or a permanent resident, which is typically the case. And, you know, you add to it the fear that that perpetrator does when he, he or she says that, you know, you're undocumented, you have no rights here. I mean, that creates a huge psychological mm-hmm. harm to somebody. And that's also considered, you know, domestic violence and falls within the purview of VAWA, the Violence Against Women Act. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an avenue that's available to victims of domestic violence. And it leads, it's a pathway to the permanent residency. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's it's something that, you know, we handle a lot. It's something that, that I deal with a lot. And it's from the day you file that petition with immigration, you're kind of, in essence, you're given a sort of just basic protection from deportation from immigration to allow them the time to review the case and to make a decision, make a decision on it. So there are rights within the criminal justice system and there are rights within the immigration system that exists for victims of domestic violence or intimate partner violence, um, specifically so, VAWA. As we, exactly, as we were talking at the, at the beginning, the first stop is that the first step is really to call the police. Now, uh, last month we were talking with media from Turning Point, and as you all remember, and I know you're familiar with them as well. Great organization. Uh, they, yes, yeah. and and they can really help that individual emotionally be prepared and get ready to go to get their PFA, for yeah, example. Absolutely. So, you know, those two work together. Yeah. You know, Counseling, let's, let's, all let's that. exactly yeah. let's yeah. call turning point. Let's get the support that emotionally we need to be strong and be ready to call nine one one, to yeah. call the police and start the process to get a PFA. Absolutely. And to be ready to start a new life without that person who's abused you. Absolutely. Uh, that's another fear that a lot of people face is what will I do if I leave the house or if uh, he or she kicks me out of the house. Well, there are options because the most important thing is your protection and you being safe here. Nobody should put up with with physical abuse. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Raymond. We're going to take a break, but we will be back. So we have a whole lot more to talk about the process under the immigration law that individuals that Raymond can help someone get through in order to to be safe. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Thanks. WDIY Allentown, 88.1. Lehigh Valley Public Radio. Many choices, real voices. We are back from Charla Comunitaria. With us tonight, I have my dear friend, Raymond Lahoud, immigration attorney. And, you know, we were, like I mentioned last month, and you should always go back to WDIY.org website because you will always, you have the opportunity to listen to shows that maybe you missed before. And like I said, for example, in December, uh, under 610, uh, inside 610, Mike uh, has the interview for uh, my dear friend Raymond here, talking about growing up in the Lehigh Valley. And, and also in Charla Comunitaria in December is the show I had with Nick. And now we have uh, Raymond. We're talking about domestic violence and uh, with individuals that are undocumented. And another part, not just with domestic violence, but it's my understanding that individuals that are undocumented have other protections in, in other areas. And right now, the label market is flooded with individuals who are working without documents. Absolutely. And <laughs> this is very common in the Lehigh Valley because the workers really put every bit of effort into a days of work. Talk to me about this. Can someone that face charges for giving fake paperwork to an employer 
are there issues that can arise in immigration if they do this or if the employer impacted in any way? Yeah. And, and what about those that are taking advantage uh, because the employer knows the person is undocumented, yeah. the employees is not paid minimum wage or overtime, um, and it's not, it cannot afford worker compensation if the employee is yeah. injured at work. And I see this every yeah. day at, at work, right, yeah. with uh, HESK because of worker compensation law. So so let's talk about undocumented individuals working in we here. We have, I mean, like you were saying, we have a lot of people in the Lehigh Valley who are working in nearly every industry that don't have documents but are an integral part of our, our workforce. Sometimes they'll present fake documents, a, you know, a fake permanent resident card or you know, a fake social security number. I could say, you know, technically speaking, you know, it is, um, you, know, you do violate you know, certain document laws on the, the state level, specifically when it comes to you know, giving uh, fake documents to, to get a job. I know the former DA in you know, Hampton County, uh, Morgan Alley, actually would uh, raid certain uh, manufacturers sites that he he had evidence were you know employing people that were undocumented and rather than charge the employer with it they would charge the employees for providing you know false government documents um, to an organization a company or, or the like or a false name so there are potential you know ramifications if somebody presents fake documents to work but I mean I think regardless people are in the Lehigh Valley they're undocumented they're working and there are employers that are hiring them. And employers will often turn a blind eye mm-hmm. um, when it comes to reviewing documents for these for these individuals. And so a, a lot of it, you know, comes down to, you know, the employer. And and the Biden administration right now is looking at that aspect of it. Instead of going after the employees, they're looking at the employers to see if they're you know, handling compliance correctly uh, and the like. But more importantly, they've taken an approach you know, with respect to employers who are discriminated against employees that are undocumented, don't have status, and are being taken advantage of, are being trafficked, let's say. Uh, so we do have a lot of cases where an, you know, an employee will, will come to us and is getting paid below minimum wage. Mm-hmm. That's illegal, mm-hmm. regardless. Uh, an, an employer cannot do that regardless of of status or, or, or the like because the employer is under the assumption or has the, there's a presumption that the employer thinks that person is documented. Mm-hmm. So those minimum wages should be paid. We have instances where people are showing up and they're saying, I was injured at work and I was on payroll um, and my employer knows I'm undocumented and told me that I cannot get workers' compensation for it. Well, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. You could Absolutely. It doesn't matter what your immigration mm-hmm. status is when it comes to workers' compensation benefits here. And an employer is required to provide workers' compensation insurance. So under federal and state workers' comp laws, you are eligible for workers' compensation if you're injured at work and um, something happens to you at work. And don't be afraid to avail yourself mm-hmm. to that, regardless of what your employer may be saying to mm-hmm. you. And if your employer is telling you, if you do it, I'm going to call immigration. Well, you can tell that employer, you know, too bad. They could be in trouble too. Yeah, because because in the end they could be in, in trouble for for either not having the insurance or for for you know threatening you if you go to them because of your status. And even then, that employer is admitting that he has that he or she has, they have actual knowledge that you're working without documentation. The one thing is unemployment compensation. However, is somebody who's undocumented 
if they're you know terminated from their job or laid off from their job, wouldn't be eligible for unemployment compensation like you know most other American citizens or permanent residents or people here on on work visas or the like. So you know unemployment compensation isn't there, and I would urge people who are laid off and are undocumented not to go and and apply for it or to provide false documentation to try to secure unemployment compensation. But when it comes down to it, you know you're still afforded the rights of everybody else when you're working in the United States. You're afforded the right to overtime pay. They cannot over overwork you. They cannot, you know, discriminate against you in, 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 in certain respects. And even if you're undocumented and that employer has already hired you, for that employer to come back there and just fire you later on, and he says, oh, I just found out you're undocumented. I mean, that could be potentially a claim for discrimination in a certain respect there that that employer is looking at your documents specifically, trying to find another reason to let you go from your job, and he's turning a blind eye as to other people. I mean, it's very normal that if an employer has one or two people in their factory you know, who's, who they know are undocumented, there's probably a lot more that are that are there and it's it's sad it's sad mm-hmm. i mean immigrant the immigrant workforce without it i don't know where our economy would would be um and we all know that the white house knows that every member of congress knows that every employer <laughs> knows yeah. that well, I think so that we don't recognize that acknowledge in 2023 i really believe a lot of the things we're dealing with suffering, like in terms of uh, production, you know, how many millions of people died that were working in the warehouses where a lot of immigrants were working. Absolutely, yeah. And they were dying left and right. During COVID, Mm -hmm. the mushroom farms down in, 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 you know, north of Philly. I mean, our agriculture is all, I mean, it's immigrant employee. Manufacturing is all, Mm -hmm. you know, immigrant, uh, very much immigrant employee, Mm -hmm. um, um, warehousing and all. Restaurants, yes. restaurants, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's out there, and everybody knows about it, mm-hmm. and they know that if they force employers, or let's say Congress knows, or the president knows that if they force employers to actually verify people's documentation with the federal government through like an electronic system, mm-hmm. it would destroy our economy, economy mm-hmm. because a lot of people would lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. There actually is a process called E-Verify where an employer can. It's a government database where they enter the social security number and the name of the person into the system, and it comes back with a match or a no match. And right there, you would you would know if the person okay. can or can't work. Okay. The thing is, is that it's a voluntary enrollment mm-hmm. program. So mm-hmm. while the U.S. government has it, when they created it in 1986 as part of immigration reform uh, in 1986 under Ronald Reagan's administration, they made it a voluntary enrollment. Mm-hmm. So you don't, as an employer, have to enroll in it. So, which takes me to the point that everybody knows that the immigrant population in our country and in the Lehigh Valley is um, an integral part of our economy. Okay. And if you just end it right now without doing anything to either give these individuals legal status or you know doing something to create a, a, a better guest worker program that better employment based immigrant visa or you know non-immigrant you know program to bring people here to be able to work legally I don't know what our economy would be mm-hmm. um, right now I mean I have six nephews um, and and I can tell you like they're my nephews I love them but I always use them as examples you know, where they went to college and I don't see the immigrant 
uh, energy or the immigrant, I guess I'll say, you know, the work ethic that often is, is part of so many people who've come to the United States that my mother had, hopefully that I have in, in a certain respect that she gave to me. You know, there's that passion, that want to work to do better for, for your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and employers want that, but some employers take advantage of it, and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And there are rights available to people that, that, that have to deal with that. Now, the other part that uh, as much as we do not like to acknowledge it, but sex trafficking is a serious, serious issue in the United States and in the Lehigh Valley is not immune to it. How big of an issue is this and does it affect those in the Lehigh Valley? Is there really a sex trafficking on 2023? I mean, the victims are terrified because they are often told that they are wrong. And uh, the person trafficking them is the one in control of yeah. their destiny Absolutely. completely. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's talk about it. Um, what can they it's do? It's bad. I mean, we we have a we do have a human trafficking, sex trafficking issue in the country. It's here in the Lehigh Valley. It's growing. It's getting worse. And we try to um, hide from that fact. There are a lot of people who are being brought across the border by coyotes and by others, um, and they're being raped, assaulted, you know, given as prostitutes to people, um, you know, as payment for getting across the border. You know, so many people are, are coming across the border by, you know, certain being moved over here, teenagers, kids, even, you know, ad- adults, and, and they have no place to go here or they've committed themselves to this, you know, coyote or to pay for their, be able to come over here, uh, whether it's crossing the border or however way that they, um, they get stuck in, um, in this here and, and they're moved from state to state. They are, for lack of a better word, pimped out by other, uh, you know, individuals who really do control their, their lives and they become, you know, victims of sex mm-hmm. trafficking. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Um, it's, it's an industry that's out there and not mm-hmm. a legal one. It's only been um, made bigger than, mm-hmm. than it ever was because of the internet, mm-hmm. the ability to move people mm-hmm. across, the ability to, for these traffickers to network with each other, to mm-hmm. be able to move people across. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who are living um, in really bad circumstances right now are being forced to have sex with, with people that they don't want to are being raped because they have to pay off a debt because they came up here or because they can't make money up here doing other things. And once they start it, um, it's hard for them to get out of that environment. What can someone do? Uh, let's say if you hear a friend, you know, whether it's like a high schooler that mentions something, you know, I heard this friend, she couldn't come out for the party because of whatever. What, what can someone do if they are living under that, that situation of being yeah. controlled by somebody? I mean, I, I, the, the first step is trying to figure out or, you know, getting the support that you need to get the confidence to work your way out of it. Um, that's the hardest part is recognizing that there's another place that you can go. And there's a lot of organizations here in the community that that help. You know, you just have to, you know, go to them. Again, I'm going to say you have rights. Call the police. Um, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to community organizations or others you may, you, you know, um, you know, neighbors, whomever, um, to try to figure out what you, you know, 
put a game plan together. And, yeah, a safe, you know, a safe yeah. Uh, way out of it. Yeah, but there's now, a, a Raymond, key visa that you can also get. So if they're undocumented and they're victims of human trafficking, right. sex trafficking, there's what's called a, a T visa, a victim okay. of trafficking visa, which is okay. a pathway to citizenship in the United States. But it all so starts... there's a way out. Yeah. There's a way out. But it starts with getting out first. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, Raymond... Where can people find you? Uh, can you share with everybody your number, so, your email address? Absolutely. Your, I mean, I, you know, I'm I, like I said, I'm here to address. I'm here to educate. So yes. uh, you know, I, I do practice immigration law in Allentown. I'm I'm here to to talk to people. Um, you know, I, my email address is I'll give you my number here is four eight four. It's five four four zero zero two two. Again, I'm not. Here to to sell legal services. I'm here to. I really I want to just educate people, you know, and, and talk to people and and let them know that they have they have options mm-hmm. um, here in the Lehigh Valley. Um, and I'm that is what I front. love doing yeah. with Charla Comunitaria. You know, an opportunity to talk with friends and colleagues around mm-hmm. the Lehigh Valley that can really provide the the information so individuals yeah. can look for the resources. But I think it's important that people know how to get to you. If We're they one community to. here. We're mm-hmm. one Lehigh Valley, and, which makes us very distinct from so many other parts of the country that we're, mm-hmm. we're you know, east to now, it's on Bethlehem is what I, what I always say. It's one Lehigh Valley, and it's important that people recognize that we're here to help each other. We're a community. So let's be good allies, you Absolutely. know, whether it's yourself or somebody else that you might know or heard of that, you know, might be undocumented and is going through some kind of stressful, you know, domestic abuse or any kind of violence uh, related to this. You, you can, there are resources out there. there. You know, Turning Point, like I mentioned, it's a great place to go. But there are other nonprofit organizations that could connect you, like the Hispanic Center, like Casa Guadalupe. Absolutely. You know, they are all over. And it's important to reach out to, yeah. so you don't That's get That's step stuck. one. That's step absolutely, one. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And worry about but, everything else later. Thank yeah. you very much, Raymond, for Thank being you. in here with us. It's been uh, another another day of great opportunity. Uh, everybody will be again Thanks. with Charla Comunitaria, uh, fourth Thursday of the month, um, 6.30 to 7. And I hope everybody has Thank a good you. night. Thank and you for having me. You are incredible, Olga. And thank you for what you do to the community or for the community. You've helped a lot of people and still do. And thank you, Raymond. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you.